Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. And for more information about us, check us out on www.thedrpatshow.com. T-H-E-D-R, patshow.com. And uh, if you want to get there and use a little shortcut to do it, then you can simply go to www.drpatlive.com. So, everybody, we've got a great, great, great show for you. I've been so wanting to introduce you to my next guest today. You know, you've heard me speak with Don Miguel. And so joining me here today to talk about Beyond Fear, we have a very special guest, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, Jr., and he's joining me here to talk about what it means to go beyond fear, what it means to be in a family of folks that are so consciously connected that it's almost impossible not to be out into the world and doing the work that is done by this extraordinary family. And so the mastery of love is something that we're going to talk a bit about. But more importantly, each and every one of us knows that there is something special about reading the book, The Four Agreements, something special about understanding why love is such a powerful ingredient in everything we do today. And so I'm so thrilled and honored to bring to you uh, an, a, an individual that has apprenticed to his father, Don Miguel Sr., and his grandmother since a very, very, very early age. And so you're going to hear what his role was. You're going to hear why this was so important for him to be connected with his family, what some of the things were that he learned. And along the way, how has he crafted and developed his own personal message? And so I'm thrilled to be introducing you to Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. and to talk about Beyond Fear. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, Don Miguel. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Oh. Thank you. Good morning, Dr. Pat. How are you? Good morning. I'm excited to have you here today. You know, today's show topic is Beyond Fear. Mm -hmm. And you and I know there is much fear going on in the world. But you grew up in an extraordinary family. I mean, it's, it's, there's no question about that. And I yeah. wanted to ask you, what have you learned from your father about fear? About fear? Well... There's so many things because um, the way my father taught me how to face fear is just to be pushing me straight into fear. You know, for example, like the way he taught me how to swim uh, when I was a young child, he basically threw me into a pool. And uh, I didn't know how to swim. So basically, when I first landed into the water, I was just treading water. And then I had all my fear. And my dad would just kind of say, Miguel, you're swimming. I look up and I'm just noticing that I'm, I was doggy paddling. And when, once I faced that fear, I, I was able to really swim. As a dog paddle, of course, but I was able to really go uh, beyond my own fear at that moment, seeing that there was all my, almost everything on my head. And as I grew older, he always constantly, as well as my grandmother and my family, always pushed me to face my fear. Of course, of course respecting me whenever something was completely overwhelming. They, they they learned to back off and give me space, but soon after that, they would push me again and again until I faced it. 
And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that he really didn't lecture me on it. He would, what he would do is just have me, give me the experience. You know, he would uh, ask me questions, so that, what, what did I think and such, and then little by little he began to uh, speak about it, but he couldn't speak about it to me unless I actually had it, I have, unless I have faced it, because otherwise he could be giving me lecture upon lecture, and unless I understood what fear was or how I could even relate to him, I would, we would be just going around in circles because I would never be able to experience it the way. Because if I were to experience it with all that information first, mm. then my mind would be you know, completely in the mind instead mm. of actually experiencing. So it comes down to that with fear. It's that fear, it's a, the main job of fear is to protect, be it real fear or true or false fear. True fear is basically you're, uh, you're walking around the path you know, in Arizona, where I live, mm-hmm. and uh, all of a sudden you see a rattlesnake, and the body reacts. It it does w- what it can do to protect you. You know, either you it tells you to sit still because certain animals don't do anything if you if you move, uh, if you don't do anything, or if you're in a good position, you run. But it's that that's the moment of uh, of being aware of what's happening. The second kind of fear uh, is the kind of fear that is completely in your head because there's not an immediate danger, but because there's uh, there is the, the mind agreements, our own issues, our wounds that bring us forth, fear kicks in and doesn't allow us to really be present in the moment. So in going beyond fear, the first thing we have to accept is that our fear is there to protect us. It's, uh, it's a way to unknowingly taking us out of danger, even when we are not. So it's the tool we use to protect us when we have no idea what we're doing. But the problem with fear is that, especially the false fear, is that it doesn't allow you to act, to even enjoy life, to really push yourself the way you need to be pushed in life or to get what you want to get, uh, what you want to get out of life. You know, for example... If you want to, if you're just finishing up high school and uh, you're applying for colleges and, you know, you've always had an issue about your abilities and such, and it's and so much of an issue that when you're applying, you decide not to even apply to the schools that you really want. You know, you, you might even, you might have finished the application, but you're always saying, well, what, what's the point? What's the use? They're not going to accept me. They're, we're already rejecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and who knows that we completely uh, be accepted. Same thing when, uh, when uh, a person sees a, uh, is attracted to an individual, be it a guy or a girl. And uh, we're, if, we are comp- if we have a chance to really push ourselves, you know, we go and say hello. If you get accepted, great. If you don't get accepted, great. But the, fear, the false fear is that, that uh, the side that says, Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not worthy enough. And we're rejecting ourselves even before we even say anything. So we never even give a person the time to reject us or to accept us simply because we're already doing that for them. We're already stopping ourselves to really go for what we want. And that's true with work. That is true with our relationships. That is true with almost everything we do in life. 
I wanted to ask you about what you thought about where we are as a society right now. And I love the rattlesnake uh, story. I spent many, many nights out in the desert myself and have uh, a, a phenomenal experience with embracing the rattlesnake totem. And so I, I love that. But, boy, not until I got past a lot of fear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about what you think right now of the energy or the vibration that's happening in the world today. I mean, do you sense a a higher elevation of fear? I mean, how would you describe this? Well, it's it's the only difference between what's happening now uh, as opposed to in the past is the ability of how quickly we can receive the information. You know, there's no difference with what's happening now as, uh, you know, the, the story of the crying of the wolf. Um, ah. You know, if a, if, a, if, a, if a person loves the attention, you know, wants to create the attention or the ruckus, they will create anything So uh, because of the attention. So right now, you know, we, we have, well, let's talk about media. Uh, we have a media, media system that wants to get attention, and sometimes they will have information and they will really... Uh, push it, you know, exaggerate it or say it as is, you know, in, uh, just for to get the attention like we would as a, as a, as a young person. You know, when we're, when we're young and we want the attention, we would scream. We would cry. Yes. You know, if, if, sometimes if we, if we find ourselves in junior high, sometimes we can find ourselves the source of attention is either we're, we're the ones we, who gossip and we share the story of, of someone else. Or we're the ones who create the drama in our lives. Sometimes we, we get that. So what's happening in mass culture is something that we instinct we have. We've, we've learned to interact with one another on a one-on-one basis, but we're, do, we're doing it in a mass form of communication. You know, the information is just so abundant. And, you know, what's happening, yes, it's tragic. Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's devastating, but it's a different from what we've done in the past. No, it's, it's not so different. You know, the, the, the crash in the 1920s and 30s, um, you know, the, 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 all the wars, you know, the, the kind of wars that ex- exist now are completely more humane than they were even a thousand years ago. I and mean, a thousand years ago, you really had to protect the women and children from, uh, from pillage and rape and all that kind of thing. Now it's like we've created rules. Yes, com- uh, countries break them, then there's all these things. But if you put it into perspective, we've done a lot worse. Mm. The, only dif- the only difference now is that uh, we actually have access to, see- to almost having it firsthand. Almost. Yes. yes. The, only di- the only thing why I say almost is that when we get the news, we, we don't get it from an a- a- a unbiased format. We actually receive news from a somewhat biased aspect as they can, you know, some. Some really receive a piece of information, and they will distort it to their own point mm-hmm. of view. Yes, there's, absolutely. And then, and then there's also some other news agencies that try their best. They try their best to be as non-biased as possible, 
But those are the ones who are not getting any ratings. Yeah, exactly. Let's take a short break. Talk about ratings. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, I'm so thrilled, so thrilled that we're having this conversation. Don Miguel Reyes, Jr., Beyond Fear. When we come back, we'll be talking about how the family can cultivate a forum for love. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. It's Hi, this is Anna Luque, author of The Yogurt Diet. Based on scientific research, this lifestyle has been carefully formulated to promote weight loss and boost the immune system. The Yogurt Diet will help you achieve overall balance and radiant health, even if you suffer from lactose and gluten intolerance, yeast infections, digestive problems, and more. Consuming yogurt daily is an excellent way to optimum health and ideal weight. And the yogurt I recommend is Greek God's Greek Yogurt. So thick and creamy. Greek God's yogurt is simply yogurtlicious. Greek God's yogurt is full of probiotic bacteria, good for overall health. And it's made with all natural ingredients in the same tradition yogurt has been made in Greece for centuries. Try the Greek God's popular honey yogurt or the tangy yet subtly sweet pomegranate. Don't forget to try the new Greek God's kefir cheese spread. Great for dips or as a healthy substitute for sour cream. Be happy. Go Greek. Experience the myth. Hi, I'm Dr. Pat, and I want to make sure you don't miss the final event in the 2009 Extraordinary People Lecture Series. Join Don Miguel Ruiz, international best-selling author of The Four Agreements, on April 24th at the Center for Spiritual Living in Seattle. Go to thedrpatshow.com under the Featured Events section for more information and to purchase your tickets now. Don't miss this opportunity to be inspired. Go to thedrpatshow.com for more details. MBSConnect.com, Mind, Body, Soul, Connect, is an innovative and interactive wellness resource company. The mission of MBS Connect is to help America be well by providing easy access to progressive programs, products, and providers. MBS Connect is building networks of wellness providers nationwide using all types of modalities who want to be part of the wellness revolution. To find a provider in your area, call 888-398-9287 or visit mbsconnect.com. Energy medicine is the new frontier. And the Institute of Healing Arts and Sciences, a pioneer in the field, has been teaching energy medicine for over 15 years. Hospitals nationwide host their students as interns. Bring your life, work, and health to the next level. Study at the Institute of Healing Arts and Sciences, where they're proving your beliefs affect your health. Visit instituteofhealing.com or call 860-286-5400. That's instituteofhealing.com. It's a new day. Join intuitive coach Don Marie Stansfield every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on KKNW AM 1150. Don Marie focuses on the self-empowerment of individuals by examining present-day circumstances. She offers practical tools you can use to help overcome difficult situations and move forward on your life path. Learn more at DawnsVision.com and catch It's a New Day with Don Marie Stansfield, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific.
Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. I want to remind everyone that uh, we're getting ready to spend some extraordinary time this weekend. Uh, and not just this weekend, but there are many opportunities for all of you to find out how you can connect with Don Miguel uh, and, you know, his dad and the family and the many events and things they're doing to help each and every one of us connect personally with the truth of who we are. Today joining us, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. is joining us here today because we're talking about special moments in time. We're talking about the work that he does to help people move beyond fear. You know, Don Miguel, I, you know, it's so wonderful to have you on the show. You and I were talking during the break. You know, we were talking about, you know, the culture, the heritage, the 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 growing up with our grandparents. And I said to you, you know, I learned how to make a mean meatball from my grandma. <laughs> but it was the time that I spent doing that that I've never forgotten. You, too, have had some special time. Oh, yes. Yes, uh, my, I, I consider myself being raised by my grandma. You know, uh, like I was saying in the break, I, me, uh, I'm part of that generation where mom and dad went to work and grandma was at home. And part of my training was to work with my grandma, to help her with her prayers, to help her with her interaction, because she, you know, she would be doing healings and sessions, and she didn't speak any English, and half the people who would come to see her would be in English, so there I am translating word for word, and my grandma never stopped, like she never, you know, when you have someone translating for you, you know, you give them the, the time and pause for someone to, you know, catch up and stuff. My grandma never had that. She just started talking and either kept up or, I, you know, or uh, failed. So in a way, that's the way they taught me how to meditate or to do anything. Because in translating my grandma, if I ever stop to think what she's saying or to even really trying to interpret the word uh -huh. by, you know, a better word for this, I would lose her. You know, she would it'd be a good amount, and the person would be really missing out with the person, you know, who's seeing her. So, and then especially when we're doing, a, like, a presentation, like, sometimes we would be doing a presentation in front of hundreds of people, and, you know, in those situations, you really have to keep up. And it, it taught me how to just have faith in myself, to trust myself, and, and saying what she's saying, almost to a point of channeling her. Wow. You know, basically, I close my eyes, I open up my ears, and just basically just let that information just go through me. And that was the case for many, 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 many times. And, like, I learned what it was like to, like, to do meditations and kind of work. You know, if you're, if you're doing work, and all of a sudden you're distracted by something else, you're going to be completely, completely miss the, the rhythm. You completely miss all, all these things. And that's one of the lessons my grandma taught me with in, in all this work. Sorry, I'm, I'm actually walking out to uh, uh -huh. my, 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 my son just got, got home, and uh, he's got a bus, and my wife's not here, so I had to go get him. So okay, well, if, you hear, if you hear sounds, but, but basically that's, uh, that's those are the lessons we learned from. Well, well, one of the things that I that I lo I so love that you did that. I so love that you did walk outside and, you know, are walking out to get your son, because that really is a demonstration of 
you know, how connected you are and what some of the family lessons are really about. I mean, the fact that you would do that to go outside to greet your son, that's almost a lost art in itself, Don Miguel. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And, and I do it because I love, I love my family. I love, I love uh, uh, my son. I love my wife. I love my daughter. And I love my dad and my mom. And the people I love, you know, I'll do anything I can. At the same time, you know, just as I was showing right, right now with, uh, with the lessons my grandma taught me, I was completely focused on what I was, was doing. And at the same time, my body was just moving across the home and getting my son and just keeping my focus on you and what I'm talking to you and the audience and at the same time taking care of my son. And I you, think many mothers call this multitasking. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do at many, many levels. And, you know, so part of what we also learn in this life is we learn how to remember the things that are important to us. And I know that's something that you've done and a message that you've taken across the globe as well. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, as you travel the world, you know, do you believe the messages that people want to hear are changing? You know, have we or are we elevating to a level of consciousness that truly will remind us how powerful we are inside? Oh, I believe so. I definitely see it. You know, just, you know, if uh, if you look back on in just in the last century prior, you know, we, with the works of Castaneda, the works of of uh, Yogananda, mm-hmm. you know, yes. in a world that, you know, they, they didn't have that, uh, like what we call self-help nowadays, or it was it was starting to change you know, little by little, you know, then you have the Beatles changing the whole concept. Hi, honey. Hi. How are you? <laughs> and then um, as, we speak, as we speak now, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, as we speak now, the, the, there's, you can see that there's, you know, there's Wayne Dyer, there's Deepak Chopra, mm-hmm. there's, there's so many, there's my father, and there's many, many others. The only difference between all of us is thinking that we're all saying different things. We are saying the same thing. And you can say that, they, and the reason why these voices are popular is the reason why we hear them, you know, that we were able to read the secrets. We are able to read, like, what the bleep do we know? And all these kind of things is that we're, we're, there's more people wanting it, you know? So it's, it's almost like uh, a weird revolution between keeping our mentality the old ways within the new, the new, uh, the new way of, uh, of seeing things, you know, mm-hmm. to be more present. Not because we're in the past, we can really stick us. Uh, <laughs> We can look completely. Uh, I, I think you need to uh, just yeah. put him on the show. I think you just need to hand him a phone so you can say hi. Alejandro, can you say hi to Dr. Hi. Hi. Alejandro, how are you? How are you? How are you? Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, I'm really glad to meet you. It's, it's, you know, watching my son, you know, out of, I have my, my father who taught me so much. I have my grandmother who taught me so much. But a lot of the lessons that I'm teaching really comes from watching my son. Mm. He's really taught me. He's, uh, he's high-functioning autistic. And I watch him every day just do what he can. You know, like, because if I believed all the, the terms that are happening there with the beliefs about autism and, you know, that uh, uh, the limitations and such, 
and I completely get stuck in that mythology, I wouldn't be able to see the miracle that my son is. He's constantly changing. You know, when I talk about the point of view, I use a lot of my functions from what I learned from him and how he's learning language, you know, and how he pushes himself and how he solves. And then as a parent, my duty to other, how I'm going to teach him about uh, about his autism or his situation. I can teach him to be a handicapped person or I can teach him to be a happy, functioning human being. Wow. Don Miguel, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I cannot wait to meet you. And thank you for all of the power and the powerful message you and your family are sharing throughout the world. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. And have a great, great weekend over there. And my dad will be, my, my dad will be up there this coming Saturday. And oh, Sunday, yeah. I think. yeah. Absolutely. And Friday night. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Dr. Pat Show. We'll see you right back here tomorrow everyone